0: Welcome everybody. I'm here with Eli, uh, located here in Rushford, Minnesota. Uh, the Lord's been doing a mighty work uh, throughout this area for quite some time now, in, in drawing Amish out of slavery and bondage and, and works and into uh, the knowledge of Him. And so we're gonna have a conversation here with Eli, and and I hope it'll be encouragement and blessing to all of you. So welcome, Eli.
1: Yeah, my name is Eli Swartentruber. I am the father of one daughter. And I am married to my wife, Susan, which we've been married for five years now. So I grew up Amish, in the Amish culture. And just, I I have a lot of great memories. I have, I grew up in church. We went to church every two weeks, but it was like just a normal traditional thing every two weeks. And at age of 21, I got Forced to join the church. So in the Amish, you get, at a certain age, you get forced to join the church. Joining the church means making an oath to the church that you will stay with this church for the rest of your life. It's more like making an oath to the bishops and the elders than to being baptized for Jesus. So I did that. I got baptized in the Amish Church, and
0: I was a member of the Amish Church for seven years. So there's a particular age in which it's mandatory to be baptized, and then you're considered part of the church. How How is that viewed for kids? Well, the movement comes
1: from way back when they split off the Roman Catholics. That's when the Anabaptist movement started, and that's why they split off. They didn't believe in infant baptism. Like, that's what we're taught, that you can't be baptized as an infant, which I don't support anyway. But you don't know why you're being baptized other than you are being baptized, and they teach that when you get baptized, you get born again. That's supposed to be the thing which is completely contrary to the Bible, but that's what they teach, that you need to be baptized in order to get to heaven. So they teach, as you get
0: baptized, you become born again. So within the Amish community, when, when many hear Amish, they immediately think horse and buggy, handwork. A lot of modern technologies are are not used, but even in that from the outside looking in, there there's certain sects that will allow cell phones or machinery or, or different things in different areas. Can you explain a little bit in regards to what the Amish view is regarding God and lifestyle. Yeah, so their view of God is basically
1: a God of wrath, which he is. He will pour out his judgment. But they view him as a God of wrath. And the reason we get all these different denominations going up, going up, now this one can have more. This one can have more. There's splits. And then people think, well, they don't see this anywhere in the Bible. But they still want that covering of saying we're Amish. We don't do what the outside world does. So, like, we always question as Amish boys, well, why can that Amish community there, they can have rubber tires on their wagons, which we can. Why is that? And then we would get taught, the more we outlaw, the more strict we are, the better our chances of our good deeds outweighing the bad. That's the whole thing in the Amish, is your good deeds need to outweigh the bad in order to get to heaven.
0: So within the church, they mentioned bishops and preachers when when they hold a service they have the Bible, correct? Yep. Okay. okay. So they, they have God's word. Does yeah. everybody have a Bible or or yes. is it held by just a select few?
1: Yes, everybody has it, but it and again this is in my particular community. So it varies a lot. If you get to more new order, they allow the English translations. In my community it's not like strictly forbidden. But you are required to have a German version of the Bible which is not our language. Our language is Dutch. So it's very hard to understand the German version and that's what they preach from. But in the Amish church, nobody carries a Bible. That's looked down upon. In the process of leaving, I heard that if you start carrying a Bible, you are for sure of the devil. Because now you're gone astray so far that you need his word to try and comfort you. If you would live in these traditional rules that we teach, you would have comfort with that. So as soon as you start carrying a Bible, it won't be long and you'll be completely deceived, is what I was told. But they they teach, they preach out of the Bible, but like every year, so they have church every two weeks and every year they start over and they go through the same like they'll get they'll take a like one chapter out of about every book out of the new testament it's just like they go through that come to the end of the year they turn around start all over they never go through the whole thing they have their certain chapters that they like to preach out of
0: and it's all preached in German, yeah, it's a all language that, German. that money don't understand. Right, yeah. Well, let's delve into now how the Lord began to work in, in your heart. And even from there, you can expand it a bit as well for anything you'd like to share regarding what God's been doing as a whole throughout this Rushford area. Yes, so like going way back
1: to when I was first really introduced to who Jesus actually is, was... When my dad was on his deathbed, I had uh, three brothers that had left the Amish. Excuse me, four brothers that had left the Amish. And one in particular that left the Amish and like a year later he got born again and he was desperate. He kept coming back, witnessing to my parents, witnessing to us. And I refused it. I never wanted anything to do with it. I I told him, no, we were not taught that. I get what you're saying, but we were not taught that. We have, in the Amish, it's so huge. You have to honor your father and mother. Obey them. It, like, that's, that gets preached every Sunday. So I, I refused it all this time. And he, he, like, he stayed faithful. He, whenever he came out and he had an opportunity, he would share it and say that you act, you can actually know that you are saved. Because the Amish teach, whenever you think you know that you're going to heaven, you are for sure condemned to hell. That's, uh, that's a huge part of their doctrine. If you know you're going to heaven, if you confess that, you are condemned to hell. So when my dad was on his deathbed, um, we called, uh, my brother, the one that, um, got born again first. And we told him what's going on. And he, he's a trucker and he was like three hours from home. We called him and he said, okay, let me call my boss. Called his boss. He turned around, came right back home and he, he walked in at, at like nine o'clock that night and it was, it was horrible for us. It was terrifying. He was on his deathbed. He couldn't, he could, we could tell that he hears us when we speak. Like he'd kind of acknowledge it, but he couldn't speak. And Aaron came in there. That's Aaron is the brother that got born again first. And he came in there with his Bible. And now realize this, there was, The house was full of Amish people because everybody heard about this. Everybody came. And he came in there with his Bible and went straight up to my mom and asked her, can I share scriptures with dad? And she said, yes, go ahead. And he, with all these people around, he had no fear. He walked right up to his bed. He started Asking him if he can read scriptures while well, he couldn't respond, but he went through the way of salvation over and over. And he kept telling him, all the good things you think you've done to get there are filthy rags. They will not do it. If you place your face in Jesus Christ right now, you can take your last breath and be in his presence. And I just remember that impacted me so much. I, I knew That Aaron had something that I didn't have because I could have never walked in that room with so many people and just boldly proclaim the truth. So that was a huge turning point for me. After that, I, I remember going home and I told my wife, I said, there's, there is something more to this life. We, we need to get into the word and we already had an English Bible at this time when when we got married, Aaron gave us a Bible, an English written Bible for a wedding gift. But like before this time, any time I read the Bible, I just read it to make a check mark, basically to okay, I read the Bible again, God must be pleased with me, and I never got anything out of it, so that was in December, and we talked about this me and my wife did about, we need to read his word. We need to, if we can actually know that we're going to heaven, we need to figure it out before we're on our deathbed. So it was just throughout the winter, it was a process of reading his word. We'd study his word together. And interestingly enough, there was one other couple in the community that got saved before we did. And I knew of it. But I was, it was a long process for me because I, that gets so indoctrinated into you that the moment I heard that this other couple got saved, I was scared. I was, I was not wanting quite to get to that point yet. And what, what was, what was the cause of fear? Do you know? The main cause of fear was man and then thinking because we're always taught if you know You're going to heaven. If you profess that, you are contempt to hell. But that was just man speaking. And that was a way of keeping people in their bondage, in control of their system. So we, we started reading and we really started leaning into the word. And then this other couple that got saved, got born again, they started hosting a Bible study. And I, immediately knew that we wanted to go to this Bible study, but I also knew that the Amish Church will not support
0: this at all. So all this is being hidden. Yeah. So you're you're still in the Amish community, this other family that came to Christ is is staying within while they're, well, the they're shunned at this point. Explain shunning. So
1: shunning is well it's anything outside of their uh, rules, you get shunned if you don't repent before the church, before the bishops. Anything outside of their ordinance rules, you can get shunned and put out of their church. So the reason this other couple got shunned was, I, I believe one of the reasons was for a, for a phone, but the main reason they professed Christ and they said they, they know they're safe. They're going to heaven. They got all their faith and trust in Christ alone. So that was the main reason they got shunned. So for the longest time, I didn't dare profess that. I didn't, because it causes so much, um, hurt in the family, amongst the family. And that's kind of where the cost comes in. It is a cost to follow Christ. It, and this was very hard for us because my dad passed away in December. That was hard for my mom. And now in April, we're possibly getting shunned from the Amish. So it's not easy.
0: Well, she view- Yeah, she views she's losing her family. She views
1: as of more of her children going to hell because
0: they're leaving the Amish culture. So th- this family that's doing the Bible study, they're shunned. And then that's when they began the Bible study in their house? Yes. Explain that a little bit for people. So they're having to hide it. There's great consequence, I'd imagine. So you're shunned, but is there other punishments and stuff that would come for continuing to preach Christ? Uh, Not
1: really. Not after after they shun you. The only thing, like, you cannot interact with any other church member as far as sitting at a table eating with another church member, they will not do that. I can never hand anybody something and they take it out of my hand. They won't do that. But as far as the shunning, these other couple, after they were shunned, they they boldly proclaimed Christ. It was no hidden thing anymore. After they got shunned, it was all open and the whole community knew about it. And there was, like, people being warned these people are deceitful. They're, they got this weird belief. They, they're being led astray. Don't interact with these people. They're dangerous. But they did start up the Bible study. And we started going to the Bible study. This was kind of a hard time for me. We started going to the Bible study and there was, they were already coming to Root River at that time. So Root River supported the Bible study. There was people from here went and I would go there and meet all kinds of people that were just encouraging and Christ followers. And I knew it's something I wanted, but right at this time, I had, uh, seven guys working for me. Amish guys. And I had, I was like, I was an independent contractor for this guy. And we had a lot of work coming through. I knew, do I take a stand? They will leave. Because you cannot interact like that. So it was like, that was, uh, two things fighting. I wanted, the Bible studies, I wanted to grow spiritually, but it was like the riches of the world were fighting against that. And this is pretty powerful. I had given myself up to, okay, I will, I will shut up about my face. I won't talk about it and I'll go, go quit the Bible studies and I'll be In the Amish, for one more summer, because we had so much work. The financial part of it looked so bright. I like it; just drew me to that uh, stage. But this was so clear one Saturday. I was doing fencing at my farm, and I was still wrestling with this in my mind. I was thinking, I'm gonna quit the Bible studies, and I'm gonna continue. In the Amish, so I can keep my guys working for me. And I was fencing. And all of a sudden, this, uh, this verse popped up in my head about why would you gain the whole world and lose your soul in hell? And at this time, I'm, I'm pretty new to the Bible, but the way it resonated with me, I was confident it's the spirit convicting me. I instantly went to my Bible started looking through, and I found the verse. And at, it was at this moment I said, okay, we will continue the Bible studies, and we will proclaim our faith. We will not deny Christ. And whatever the cost, we'll do it. And we did just that. We ended up losing all our guys. I ended up getting a different job. But praise God, we're saved. So there is a, there can be a hefty cost, but there is no riches out there that is worth
0: losing your soul in hell. Amen. Let's delve into this a little bit. You're now living as English. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but you've, you've left the Amish traditions, customs, in, in the sense of the works for faith, right? You received Christ. You have a good perspective on, on American culture What are some things you would share with those within the American culture, particularly regarding the cost of the gospel, from your perspective and what Christ has shown you?
1: Yeah, I would say uh, the gospel does not change. The gospel of grace does not change. But I would also say that there is a cost to following Jesus Christ. He said, in this world, we will have trials, we will have tribulations, but in all of this, we can leap for joy. We can have confidence of our eternal hope that we have in Him. And I would just say like to the American culture that there's so many stuff to deceive us And when I say to deceive us, I'm not just talking about Hollywood. I'm not just talking about all these obvious things. I kind of look at that as a dumb spirit. They're not even wise at what they do. I would say to the American culture, there is one way to keep your face and to make it across that finish line, and that is to stick with the word and stay in the word. Rightly discerning the word of truth.
0: It's one area we're seeing a lot within U.S. culture, and, and it hits on what you just said regarding, regarding discerning, discerning accurately the word of truth. There, there's a mixing of the world with attributes and different characteristics of, of Christ. And what's interesting to me, even within the Amish culture, you know, within the United States, you, you, you have these subcultures, and within the Amish, from the outside looking in and not knowing much about it, it seems that they're they're trying to please God. And yet some of the testimony I know from Joe the other day is, and, and even what you're sharing, when you get into what it is they're teaching, it's, it's obviously
1: corrupt. It is. Another thing I would say to the American culture, because a lot of people look into the Amish culture and see this, unity. And there is certain areas where I have a lot of respect as far as somebody's barn burns down, somebody's house burns down. The whole community comes together and it it looks very unifying. And it is in that perspective. But what goes on behind the scenes as far as church and spiritual Stuff is very ununifying. It is so corrupt. And that's what I want to say to the uh, American culture, is that you, looking into the Amish, yeah, they preach Jesus, but what is their overall view on Him? When I came out of the Amish culture, I looked, everybody I heard preaching, Whenever I heard the name of Jesus, whenever I heard somebody quote a verse, I was like, oh yeah, this is good. And it's not like that. There's so many deceitful gospels out there. And there's there's one way to get to the finish line, and that is by His word. If we do not stay in His word, study
0: His word, we are so easily deceived. Yeah, the, the truth in Christ cannot be separated. Right, Jesus, Jesus is the way, the truth, yeah. the life. They, they all come together, and I, I like how you hit on that. There's many things in which what I hear a lot of in modern day is unity, and unity is not being established in Christ Himself. But rather, it's becoming to be about a a form of unity, in a form of a half truth, which we know is no truth at all. And yet, even from your background, it, it mirrors much of the same thing as well. You, you had mentioned how how you feared man. What can you share with people who may be in a similar situation? They fear taking a stand on the word, taking a stand on the truth of Christ. What can you say to encourage them? And stepping out in this boldness.
1: Yep. I would just say this was another moment, very touching moment that the spirit brought to me in this time of fearing man. I was fearing man and it was like fearing men who I esteemed pretty high in the Amish culture. It was the main one I feared was one that, that preached in our Amish church. He was a preacher and I thought of him pretty highly. I thought he's, he's, uh, like he, he really dug into it, but he don't, he'd get up to the, um, salvation part and it was still the good outweighing the bad. And you cannot know, like he's the one that indoctrinated that as hard as any of them. And I feared him for that because I thought of him I liked him better than any of the others. So I feared him more than any of the others. And in this whole process, I had the exact same thing happen. I had, all of a sudden, I had this verse resonating. Fear not these men who can only destroy your body, but fear God who can destroy both your body and soul in hell. So it was just a lot of confirmation like that. and to somebody who fears man, I would just encourage them to read and pray and actually read into the Word of God and see what Jesus desires for His disciples. After we know what He wants from us, we don't fear these men because we want these men to walk in the truth of Christ as well.
0: So right now, You've left the Amish lifestyle. You still have family living in that. Yeah, we still, I have my
1: mom, one brother and one sister still living in the Amish. And we still live right in the community. We didn't move out of there. A lot of people talked about after we got shun, after we started coming to Root River, and they knew that we're not going to repent and be back to their standards a lot of people we had a lot of rumors of hearing that we're gonna move out and and i know they want us to move out of there because it's like they don't want somebody like that in the midst of their community a lot of my neighbors two in particular i have a great relationship with them still they don't know the lord they're not safe, but it it was awkward at first, but I'm trying to get into a relationship and be in a right relationship for when doors do open up. And I just, I don't feel that God is calling us out of there. I feel like we are called to stay there. We have one couple actually show up to our house. And they're at the end of the row. The guy knows there's something more. And he wants something more. But again, it is... After you're out of that for a while, you forget how hard some of this stuff gets indoctrinated. So it can be quite a process to step somebody through trying to get out of that religion. As of now, I feel like we're called to just stay there and help people like that.
0: God, God's going to use you, mighty. In that, I, I'm 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 encouraged and excited to to hear that you're still there. I didn't know that. I, I Just picture this light established in the midst of this darkness, and it seems miraculous to me. Maybe I'm misunderstanding some of the things, but it, it seems it seems strange that they allow you to stay. So um, cer- yeah. certainly God's doing doing a work in that. And so yeah. for those who are listening, be in prayer. Be in prayer for Eli um, and his family who's established there. Uh, we we uh, firmly believe God's going to continue to bring his word mm-hmm. and, and Jesus Christ forth. What are some areas people can pray for you?
1: Just pray for our family. Because we do want our daughter to know my mom as her grandmother. And it is very hard. She's one of the, like, if we come out there, she doesn't want to, she acknowledges us. But if somebody else is there, she doesn't even want to talk to us. She invites us in, but that's pretty much it. So I would say that would be an area to pray for. Pray for her and pray for us for knowledge of Going there and sharing the word of truth, and just establishing a relationship that can grow
0: and heal back together. And what's your name? Lydia. Okay, Lydia. Lydia. Yeah, Lydia I remember you saying that. Yeah, we'll definitely be. Pr- we'll. Yeah, we'll be praying over that. We're praying for healing, as as well as the yeah, opportunity, opportunity for doors to open. I want to share this verse with you. It's so out of Matthew chapter 10. You've you've quoted this chapter a few times as, as we've been speaking here. Christ is speaking to his disciples. He's he's sending them out for the first time in ministry. So the disciples have been with Jesus, they've been learning from him, and he summons them, all, all the twelve. And they come to Jesus, and he through through his power they're sent out. They they proclaim the kingdom of heaven. They begin to cast out demons, uh, heal the sick raise the dead they they begin to be used by God in demonstrating his power and might and authority and as you begin this chapter this is one of my favorite chapters in scripture because being a missionary for many years now there's a great joy in being used by God in numerous ways and i can just picture the disciples in their excitement now being sent out but as this chapter continues you, you go from this exciting stage of proclaiming the gospel and and performing miracles in the power of Christ, to Christ beginning to tell him, well, don't take a money bag. Don't bring provisions for yourself. You know, as you enter a house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let, let the peace come upon it. But if it's unworthy, let your peace return. As this continues, he warns them and says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. And from verse 16 on, it begins to be this picture of of great suffering and great cost. He says, Brother will deliver brother over to death, and father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And we begin to see this picture of persecution that comes. But in this, Christ encourages them, and he says, What I tell you in dark, say in the light, and what I whispered, Proclaimed from the housetops. I see God having established you into this dark area in which you're now the light. And and in the midst of this, we spoke of unity just briefly. And to this, Christ just simply says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter in law against her mother in law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and who He is, in being the truth, in the light, His very name, and the very essence of who He is, puts you on one side or the other. Mm-hmm. You will you'll be for Christ, or you're going to be against Christ.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I hear this in your testimony within a household. Now, I, I don't believe that this division necessarily is going to remain, but rather that by the power of God and in Christ. True unity can come, mm-hmm. not one of works of man or right. the ideas of man, but rather the pure Word. Yeah. And so, your mom, Lydia, she is she is not apart from the grace and mercies and, and touch of Jesus, but we're yet to see this battle play out, and in that comes the burdens and the difficulties, and and even some of the things you expressed early on. Uh, am I going to forsake the things of the world for the things mm-hmm. of of Jesus Christ? Be encouraged. Understand first and foremost, yes, the name of Jesus Christ brings forth and demands a decision. Mm -hmm. One will oftentimes maybe unknowingly make a decision against him, but this is why the church is established to be bringing this gospel outward, and and so many will be praying for you and the continued work in this area. Any closing thoughts or words you'd you'd like to share? Um,
1: Yeah. You mentioned the uh, the joy of being used by God. I'd like to share just a little bit on that. And you mentioned that it's not always what we want to do, which is very true for me. Um I've experienced some of the times where, and this was particularly twice, that an Amish couple came into my driveway. The minute I saw them coming in, I knew something's up. I knew there's a hunger or something is going on. Because both times these have been people that we're praying for that they would come to know the Lord. But it's not easy to open up because they are so anti Christ. Twice now, if you just break the ice and get some word out there and get it established, it's not. Easy. We don't, our flesh doesn't want to do it, yet we know we should. And this has happened twice where we do it. And when they leave, you see the word taking ground. They're willing. They're listening. You see it taking ground. And there's no moments that we have more joy, that we sing praises to the Lord in those moments when you see it taking ground. And one, particularly, now they're safe, they are rooted in Christ, and it's, there is no greater joy than stepping out and doing that which you're uncomfortable of. Your flesh doesn't want to do it, yet the Word of Christ demands you to do it. And if you just do it, there comes a great joy with it. Of seeing it root and seeing it take place, and then all of a sudden now you see the excitement in these people. It's like there's a light comes on and they're just excited about what they're reading.
0: God's grace and mercies and abundance. May we receive these words of of joy, and, and I'm in a wholehearted agreement. There's just an incredible joy in pursuing the things that Christ has set for us. And I believe in many ways, as, as believers, we, we need to change our mindset regarding what it is to sow God's truth. I think on this many times, because in so many ways, as we continue forth, you know, nobody knows our imperfections better than ourselves and our inadequacies and how we can stumble in a language or past. There's many things that can hinder us, but yet I see God who has touched you yourself and your wife in which he's now establishing you to be a witness and there's a submission to this when i think on this it's like lord you've you saw it fit to redeem man which we don't deserve it right and then you see it fit to establish man as your light and your righteousness which is impossible without you right and when we think of these things I believe we get a better understanding of God's love. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This love is the Jesus Christ, the opportunity for man to be made right with God, not by his own works or means. And we all know we we have no ability. And for this entire message to be entrusted back to man, to bring forward, is a humbling and beautiful Mm -hmm. thing. And again, we know it's it's not man doing the work, it's Christ through us and in us.
1: Yeah, and that's interesting that you talk about that because I've uh, recently talked with another Amish man and he he wants the way of salvation and I've led him through it over and over and over and I finally said, it's not going to work this way. You have to read and pray for yourself. And that's that's the beauty in it. Christ gets glorified. And I told this man, you, you're not going to get it by me telling you. Because I didn't. I didn't trust anybody. Neither should you. You should see if it is actually so what they're telling you from the word because we are um, sinful man we do fall short and we make errors therefore don't just trust what I tell you but go and see if it's actually so and that is the beauty in it God gets glorified because they get
0: set free by him not by us I have one more question for you I was talking to Brother Joe yesterday, and he said this off, off recording, but he had mentioned in some other states, in, in Pennsylvania, possibly it was Virginia, but he had mentioned that some bishops and some preachers had come to Christ. Do you, do you know anything about this? Yes. There is, in Pennsylvania in particular that I know of, that
1: there was some bishops and preachers that came to Christ And a wonderful thing. They, I, I have a lot of respect for what they did. They stayed in the Amish because it was a lot easier to reach more like that, even though they get shunned right away because they believe this way. They, the whole, so there's Amish throughout the United States, right? And then a bunch of them will gang up. And say, okay, we need to shun them and separate them. But by staying in the Amish, it's a lot more comfortable for a lot of people to at least check it out. Because when they go completely leave the Amish, it's way more awkward. It seems way more deceitful to people in the Amish. Because they're a lot more skeptical about an English person when somebody to- totally leaves. So by these people staying in the Amish, they have way more of an impact on people still there. Obviously, it only works for so long, and then it gets very clear on who is going to believe and who is not going to believe. But I do have a lot of respect for people like that. that, their heart is for, and my heart is for the Amish community. That is my heritage. My heart is that they would get saved and that they would come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. Heavenly Father, we
0: thank you for your grace and mercies and your patience, Lord, in which you desire all to come to repentance, Lord. And so we pray for the effort that you're bringing forth here throughout throughout the area here of Rushford, Minnesota, but, but as well the other uh, witnesses or testimony we're hearing over in Pennsylvania, Father, uh, establish these leaders in your truth, Lord. Uh, we pray for Eli as the work here continues, and we pray many of the listeners begin wholeheartedly coming in prayer yes. uh, for him and for the Amish community that's here we pray for Lydia, that she comes yes, to the knowledge Lord. of who you are, Lord. And we rejoice in Aaron and, and his boldness that he displayed mm. uh, some time ago in, in taking a stand in your truth and your word. And we pray many uh, will flee the false ideas and teachings yes. of the Amish community and come to the pure truth and word and knowledge of Jesus Christ, Father. So continue this work, Lord, and continue work in us as well, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.